0: Now we play a new game and it's Gambit's deal.
1: Welcome to 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 Fireside.
2: Off, welcome to Fireside, When we talking comic books the entire time. Ain't going nowhere, so dry your eyes. Already lasted longer than fireflies. Stay tuned, Minji's got the creepiest news. From books to TV, the movie reviews. Plus the next toy, baby, here will you choose. Even the
1: superhero fight club will be usually lose. So poppin' those earbuds, turn up those speakers. Feel my was power, Earth 2 with features. And either listen by weekly or you can binge us. We got it all, baby. Are there ninjas? So relax and lie back as we start another issue of Fireside Chats.
2: Comment facts and wise,
1: cracks. Welcome to the show. This is Fireside Chats. Beep you. Beep you. Beep you, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Menti. And with me, as always, are my wonderful sidekicks. First, Mr. P Features.
2: Hello, Internet.
1: Woo, still got that guttural. And then there's Mauer. Beep you. That was good, but quick. Yeah, you know. That's, that's I want to get Mauer to the show. Way. That's the Mauer way.
0: <laughs> I, I, I want to get to the show. It's actually a good one for once.
1: Well, welcome to the Saturday show, formerly the Friday show. Formally is the formally Saturday. Which formerly the Saturday show, which we will be back to the Friday show next week. But for right now, welcome to the Saturday show. Uh, and if you're new around here, that's where we don't talk about the news.
2: The new
0: news. Listen, we're going to f- be the first to admit the Rona has us forgetting what days of the week it is. We were supposed That's to record true. one night, and not a single one of us
1: remembered what day it was. Nope. So, we're mm-hmm. sorry. Uh, yeah, and we're usually pretty good at it, but, you know, we don't have days of the week anymore. It's just day, and then <laughs> night, and then day again.
0: <laughs> Normally, one of us will be like, hey, guys, we're supposed to record, and then we all scramble. But this
1: week, it was... Well, my favorite is basing it pretty much on what shows up on Watch Next on my Apple TV. Like, oh, there's a new episode of that available? Oh, it's got to be Friday. <laughs> it's, the cl- it's the closest I've got now. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, what are we talking about today, gents? Well, I think if anyone should tell what we're talking about today, it would be Maurer, Baby Huey, or Features before it would be me. <laughs> well, we are talking about the Raging Cajun. The, the, uh, the amazing Raging Cajun sensation?
0: the. Coolest member of the X Men, Feat. What are you at?
2: I think you took all of the all of the rhymes. So <laughs> I don't...
1: The blazing, blazing, blazin', raging Cajun amazing sensation.
2: The teeth yeah. himself, Remy, but, but, Etienne, oh, uh, Le Diable Beaux. Blanc.
1: Oh wait, 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 wait! The blazing, amazing, raging Cajun sensation of the card-carrying persuasion who's also
0: caucasian what was that who's also caucasian
1: oh there you go (laughs) now we're talking Uh, gambit beepers i like how uh, that took that long to get to yeah gambit we're talking Gambies. gambies gambies you know the guy on my shin Little, little Remy Lebeau. Little Remy Lebeau. And since these breakdowns go so well, let's go ahead and do one of those. Uh, so that being said, uh, how do we want to tackle this? Since this is not a character I know as much about.
0: Well, I think we should talk about his creation, who created him, uh, go through a little bit of his backstory, and then talk a few pivotal moments he's had that impacted the X-Men and the Marvel Universe. And then we can talk about his
2: on-screen
1: Mm, no, why, why? Why?
2: No, we're not going to talk about it on screen because no,
1: it happened once and, and it, it almost happened well, again. No, I'm
0: talking about the cartoon as well.
1: Oh, okay, on screen, that kind of screen. I'm thinking like live action. Like we don't need to talk about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll mention it in passing and then we'll go on from there. <laughs> um, but what a lot of people don't know is he was created by somebody who didn't originally draw him. So he was created by Chris Claremont and Jim Lee. Although Jim Lee is not the first person to draw him.
2: Who was the first person to draw him? I thought he was created by Jim Lee. I didn't know So he was created
1: by Jim Lee. This was at the height of Chris Claremont's like... Yeah, I thought Claremont was the creator behind this just because he wanted to throw in more characters.
0: Well, it's Chris Claremont and Jim Lee, but he was drawn by Mike Collins originally. Mm. And Gambit had quite a history of his character evolving quickly within the first few appearances. When we first saw him, it was just a cameo at the end of the issue uh, of Uncanny X Men Annual Number 14 in July 1990, and then his first full appearance was Uncanny X Men 266 in August of 1990, and that's when he had the pink stripes. So he had like the tiger stripes in it. Uh, the cover has him with the de-aged Storm. Yes. Now the fun thing about his abilities in that issue is he needed to physically see the items in order to charge them with kinetic electricity. And, and weren't he didn't...
1: They, um, weren't they also spikes? Yeah, they were little like throwing blades that were like sp- almost looked like long
2: needles. So kind of like how they had them in uh, Age of Apocalypse?
0: Uh, but, of but thin. Like, think of just like sewing needles mm-hmm. times like a 100. They're okay. probably about four inches long, maybe a quarter inch thick at the widest part.
1: All right, so stay with them. me here. I'm thinking the Daredevil movie when uh, Bullseye takes the paper clips,
2: pulls them apart,
1: and sends them out, and then they blow up afterwards. So pretty Pretty much much. that scene, but then blowing up.
2: Yeah, (laughs) right.
0: Um, But one of the cool things that originally started with him is they had him almost like a vampire-type character. Um, He wasn't just charismatic. He had that vampire ability to kind of persuade you to do what he wants, which is what made him such a great thief is, you know, his charisma power kind of would get you just to look past him, almost like a Jedi mind trick. You combine that with his ability to charge kinetic energy into things, as well as being a master thief, which Mm -hmm. involves stealth and hand-to-hand combat. And he was a pretty, you know, solid character out the gate, saving Storm from capture. Now it was a young you guys, storm,
1: too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the D age storm when she had yeah. the mohawk. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm basing this off of just knowing the three of you for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, so stay bear with me here. I'm I'm playing the role of the listener right now. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> okay,
1: okay, John. What
2: else would you like to know?
1: Okay, all right. Are we playing it that way? Okay. Well, do, um, you, do you want to know his history? Well, let's do, let's do powers. Let's do powers and abilities. You kind of went over that, but like, what does it really mean? Like, I mean, I I know what it means, but like, how would you define being able to control kinetic energy?
0: So as we know, everything, uh, that has the ability to move has kinetic energy That's the possible energy in something. And he can manipulate that meaning something that's at rest that normally would stay at rest. He can then fill it with kinetic energy. So when it does hit its pinnacle, it will explode. Now, this started off, like I said, where he had to physically see it as well, but then it became something through touch that he just had to touch the item in order to charge it with kinetic energy. Which, Uh, that
2: can be explained... It's a bit long story to explain that one.
0: Well... Okay. (laughs) they They kind of ignored his powers. He was a little bit like Superman in the beginning where they gave him all these powers but then not all the writers and not all the stories kind of stayed in line with what his powers truly were but uh the well, backstory
1: his, isn't he nerfed yes isn't yes. that his whole thing he's well, not like new we'll get there i'm, be- I'm You're being jumping stopped. ahead okay i'm stopping
0: um <laughs> so as a teen well let's go back <laughs> he developed these powers as a baby um he had the black eyes with the red pupils and they called him what features? Le Diable Blanc. Basically the White Devil. White Devil, White Devil. White, White Devil, White Devil? <laughs> um, he was kidnapped from...
1: Did you just call me White Devil? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was kidnapped from the hospital, raised as a thief, and then uh, as a young boy, he pickpocketed Jean-Luc uh, Lebeau, who was the head of the Thieves Guild, who kind of took him in and raised him and went from there. Fast forward to when he was about 15, he went to what
2: was the tithing beach. You want to give a breakdown of the tithing? So the tithing is when the thieves guild, as well as the assassins guild, uh, come together for this one event where they give an offering up to an external and external grants them longer life and gives them more power to the, uh, to whoever, whichever guild gives them the, the best offering. Am I wrong in saying that an external is the mutated Eternals?
1: Isn't that how that works? I or believe is it something so. completely different? It's an ancient being
0: that's been there throughout generations. Huey's going to look it up right now to give us an exact. I
1: thought, I thought I could be very wrong, but I thought the externals are Eternals that are mutated. I like believe mutated you're
0: eternals. right. They're not the important part of this. The yeah. important <laughs> part is he screwed it up, and was banished, and then was on his own for years.
2: Wait. I don't. I don't think it was he screwed it up. He got set up by the yeah. Assassins Guild.
1: Uh, didn't he stabbed somebody. Yeah. He
2: well, killed he the cousin. Because what happened was, um, prior to the the uh, tithe, he was he was being set up to marry the uh, the daughter of the leader of the Assassins Guild, Belladonna. Yes, Belladonna, and um, yeah, a lot of assassins didn't like that. It was supposed to promote peace between the two clans. Um he and Belladonna were very much in love. That this part plays almost out like a Romeo and Juliet.
0: And the oh. X-Men cartoon did a very good job of telling this part of the story. They definitely oh. did. Remy okay. was supposed to be um you know the chosen one to bring peace like it was prophesized that he would be there to kind of bring the Thieves Guild and Assassins Guild together. Uh but it didn't go that way.
1: This seems like the Skyrim vibes are killing me right now. With the Thieves Guild and the, the assassins, the Dark Brotherhood here. <laughs> um, however, when he was a
0: teenager on his own, becoming a world-renowned thief, he also found out that he had so much energy coursing through his body and that he had control over so much that it was becoming dangerous. Enter Dr. Nathaniel
2: Essex. Or also it's- otherwise known as Mr. Sinister.
1: Is this why you guys like Mister Sinister so much? Because like I never cared about Mister Sinister growing up, but like both of you have this—I I don't know—appreciation, I guess. I'll like—I'll call it that for a care. I just never cared about. Like, in it never interests me at all. And you two seem to love Mister Sinister. Just well, cool
2: character. You gotta like a villain who—I mean, Mister Sinister doesn't come off as like one of the most powerful people, but. He's been around for a very long time. He's, he's, he has major connections to it with a lot of our favorite characters or characters that we do end up talking about in the X-Men universe. So, you know, there's always that. That's why I really like Sinister. And his background is probably the most shadiest of, of all characters being involved in the X-Men universe because there's still nothing concrete. Like, there's still holes that they haven't filled in with Mr. Sinister.
1: To me, well, then, we're getting into the Marauders right now, almost, right?
2: yeah, almost, yeah, almost, not just not yet. Um, this, this so, you know buzz,
1: <laughs> I know buzz terms. <laughs>
0: so, to me, Mister Sinister was almost like a mutant Lex Luthor.
1: Hmm. Okay. Um, keep, keep going. He was.
0: He was very, you know, cerebral and very behind the scenes on a lot of things and manipulating the people around him to get to his end. And even when he was a lackey of someone he ended up superseding and realizing he didn't need them to almost supersede them. Kind of like what Lex would do when he would be the lackey of other villains. It would seem subservient, but really he was pulling the strings to make them think he was being their puppet.
1: I mean, that's a Doctor Doom move, too. Uh, so
0: Remy came across him who took out a part of his cerebral cortex to kind of nerf his powers as you would. It's like a but- lobotomy. Gave him a slight lobotomy, but still left him incredibly powerful. So even as someone who had their powers cut down, he's still considered one of the more powerful mutants in the Marvel Universe. But that came at a cost, where Mr. Sinister would make him do uh, any kind of mission he wanted, send him to steal things. Um, At one point, he was sent to steal his uh, notes from the Weapon X facility, Mm -hmm. where Gambit was actually there when Wolverine broke out of Weapon X.
1: Oh cool. I didn't know that. That's cool. All uh, right. But he so, didn't
0: think that uh uh Sinister deserved what was in those notes, so he kept it from that. But then he had to pay the biggest price which was putting together the Marauders.
1: Well, what, yeah, when is that that's the this the Mutant Massacre, right? That's this that's yeah. Right, like that to me is one of the most quintessential moments in all of Gambit history. It very right? much is. Yeah, it's it a big ca- piece. Well, because it, it didn't it introduce and get him kicked off the X Men.
0: Uh, that uh, came out years later that he was a part of it.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: but well, well, anyway, what is the mutant massacre? Let's so do the, the mutant that. <laughs> massacre. Beach, you want to take that part?
2: Yeah. So the mutant massacre again. Uh, it's when Sinister had Gambit. Uh, put together the Marauders, which included Sabretooth. um Blockbuster, Prism,
0: yeah, and Riptide,
2: Blockbuster, Prism, and somebody else. I can't remember the name. Well, Riptide. and this
1: comes, this, is, and this is in this is all right. This is hold on, a my, my, little bit of my research here. Two thousand nine. This was Gambit Origins. Was this book right? The, uh,
0: mm-hmm. Mutant Massacre was years
1: before Gambit Origins. Told the other side of it. Yeah. Okay, but it explained like gambits interaction with the mutant massacre as well as how he met with storm
0: yep and then it also i believe the story before that that was right around the time where the trial of gambit was happening if you want to look up huey when the trial of gambit when rogue actually found out everything and they brought to light
2: that was well after though
0: i thought that was 2006 2007 but anyway, what Gambit didn't realize is Mr. Sinister had also ordered Scout Punter, Arclight, Harpoon, Malice, Scrambler, and Vertigo into the tunnels as well.
2: And the whole premise was Mr. Sinister himself thought that the Morlocks were just, like, not worthy of being studied. Correct.
0: Um. So halfway through this, Gambit realizes that it's not the right thing to do. Um, he tried stopping everything, but he couldn't. However, he did save one child named Sarah. Now, do you know who, who Sarah came out turned out to be? Menti. No.
2: So marrow. Sarah actually turned out to be marrow.
1: Oh no way! Really? But, the oh cool
2: the bone chick. Yes.
1: And by the way, the externals have, are not inter. Uh, they're not. Uh, what's it called? Eternals. They're something to do with apocalypse. Right. So. Um, he gets
0: out of there. He separates from sinister. he's wandering around the world. That's when he runs into storm. He then saves her, and that introduces him to the X-Men, and for years, he became a contemporary to the likes of Wolverine, being a character that they didn't know much about. Um, kind of went out on his own, but the biggest difference is is Gambit liked being part of a family, but he knew his past was always going to come back and haunt him which is why he kept his distance. So it was the opposite of Wolverine, where Wolverine just didn't want to be near anybody, he wanted to do his own thing. Gambit liked being around everybody and liked that feeling of family because he missed it because he never had it. But he always knew in the back of his mind that eventually people would find out what he did and that
1: would ruin his connection to the X-Men. So can we, um, can we get into the part that I was, that like made me like Gambit? Which Can we was get that? a new son? This is when I actually found out Gambit was powerful.
2: <laughs> yeah, so with the entry of the New Sun, which that came about, in Gambit's—I forget—I don't know if it was his first title run by itself, or probably you second I think you're volume. Right. Um. Well, no, you
1: you're, you're uh, it was '90s. It was yeah. 90s. It could have been that. Could have been second. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, let's get it. Like, because New Sun. When I first talking, when like when we first talked about mutants, this is like what four years ago, we mm-hmm. first started talking about our preferences and the X Men things like that. We, uh, you guys kept bringing up Gambit, and I'm like, I don't understand like everybody's love for Gambit. Like he's cool, he's got this cool vibe to him, but like his power, he just he makes little bombs out of stuff. Like I, it wasn't until you guys told me about New Sun that everything changed and i'm like oh damn okay yeah <laughs> that, with, that lobotomy with, did a lot more than i thought
2: <laughs> yeah with the with the entry of the new suns where you find out that gambit actually w- was is an omega level mutant with his powers um new well, sun, is,
1: can we say is cuz it sounds like that's more of a was
2: <laughs> he, well I'm, i will say is because in order to defeat the new sun in that volume of gambit he had to restore
1: yeah but then he also but in the new sun book he also gave all of his energy into new sun to make him explode so Mm -hmm. but you also
0: have after that when he was the battery source in extreme x-men where it showed Mm -hmm. yet again he could uh provide enough power to be considered a mega level
1: so, real quick, just because I think we're, we're jumping a little bit. Yeah. New Sun is a version of, of Gambit where on his world, he never got the lobotomy. And he was able to defeat the the uh, the Dark Phoenix on his world, just to give you a, a concept of how powerful this guy is. Correct. He, uh, he doesn't have to see things. He doesn't have to touch things. He can turn himself into pure energy and just kind of zip around. He can slow planets to a halt and freeze them. Mm-hmm. He can speed a planet up and just ex- uh, incinerate it. He can. I think he can heal himself because he can change times, so to speak, with the molecules in his body to speed them up to heal quicker.
2: He can self heal. It's so it's. This is the other thing I liked about Gambit. His his powers are really based off of the the um. I want to say physical properties of or whatever of of kinetic energy. So it's you can almost view it as the moment Gambit starts moving, he starts generating power.
1: Well, Well, then he he, could also use that movement against anybody. Yeah, he
0: controls at a core level kinetic energy, which is everything in our molecules of everything. So when he has complete control of his power, that gives him the ability to heat things, cool things, speed things up, because it's just taking the movement of those molecules and, and affecting them in a way that gets him the results he wants.
1: But like in New Sun, he wanted to create a second Earth. Like, that's how crazy powerful this dude is. He wanted to make a whole other planet to move everybody to, because he, wait, wait, hold on. Let me just back up. New Sun's whole purpose, the reason he did what he did is he didn't want New Sun to ever happen again, because New Sun killed all the people on his planet, right? Correct. is that how that works? So he went around uh, dimension to dimension, essentially, into each of the the different Earths in the multiverse to find versions of Gambit and either make sure it didn't happen or kill Gambit. Correct. Right. Okay. Now, All
0: in right. the mainline storyline, the trial of Gambit was actually 91. Mm. Um, and that was X Men 62 through 64. And that was when Rogue and everybody found out that Gambit was part of the Mutant Massacre. Right. Fast forward years later, he always had that on again, off again relationship with Rogue. And he was able to show that in his own right, he was a solid member of the X Men team. He was on. X-Men Blue Mm -hmm. Um, he had his own books he went through he had a great storyline that Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale wrote uh, with Wolverine and Gambit Um, he also did a great job in Extreme X-Men where he and Rogue were not seeing eye to eye this is after she was able to manifest people that she had absorbed their powers for extremely so she could pop out Wolverine's claws if she wanted to she actually had Magneto in her brain for a little bit and since he wasn't allowed to be on the team he kind of followed behind them helping them from the shadows and that's the storyline where he was actually what people were looking after and he became this huge battery source who was sacrificed in order to save everybody
1: I feel like the relationship with Rogue and forgive me if I'm wrong here because again it's not something that I I, I read up a lot but I think the the relationship with Rogue because of the X-Men cartoon. Is the reason that that's become so relevant again, like their their pseudo marriage and the X Men, the the Mr and Mrs X book that they had, where they were all when they were married, they were seeing each other things through each other's point of views and stuff. But my point is, is that I feel like that in the comics, the relationship with Rogue, although there was nothing like it was in the cartoon, and it wasn't until uh, after X Men or Gambit Origins that they wanted to go like to capitalize on that love for the nineties cartoon and really make that a thing again.
0: It was always there. It just wasn't as in your face as the cartoon was uh, because in the cartoon, they used it to tell the other stories throughout the cartoon because they had to keep the same characters on the screen. Um, But there was definitely underlying between the two of them throughout both of their histories.
2: Yeah. Their relationships have seen a lot of different struggles. And in the comics, there was even the return of Belladonna as a parasite, or was, if it wasn't Belladonna, it was somebody there, after the uh, Trial of Gambit. Um, he wanted to come back to the X Men, but he couldn't. And he was told to stay away from Rogue through this uh, parasite woman that actually bonded with him. And she kind of kept him from, from going back. And even when he did, he kind of couldn't tell people about her. Otherwise, she would, like, do something to choke him to death.
1: Well, I mean, I know it's not good to define someone by their relationship, right? But Gambit <laughs> and Rogue are, are so... They're like the X-Men version of Superman and Lois. Other, yeah. Well, maybe Scott and Gene. Maybe Scott and Gene before Gambit and Rogue. But Gambit and Rogue, like, as far as comic couples are concerned, they're up there. I mean, they yeah, They're pretty 10. solid,
0: and they're not abusive. <laughs> yeah,
2: they're actually pretty... <laughs> They're, they're really actually a really pretty popular um, couple, especially I would deal with Marvel Comics.
1: The, and I feel like, at least in the most recent version of comics, and again, a lot of recent Marvel comics are either trying to gain uh, the, the MCU fans or trying to grasp the old 90s fans. Right? So it's, it's like, I feel like it's a struggle that Marvel is always having between those two things. But to grab the old 90s fans, I feel like Gambit has been defined by this relationship with Rogue. For a while, because I can't remember Gambit without Rogue before AVX, before Avengers vs X Men, and him fighting uh, Captain America. That's the last time I can remember a Gambit solo story or a story of Gambit that did not involve Rogue in any kind of way.
0: Yeah, it it was a very long time, but you also remember in that time he became Death.
2: Yes, for a bit, he became Apocalypse uh, came back, Apocalypse Horseman Death,
0: and he became Death with the white hair, the black skin. Um, and unfortunately it twisted his mind as well. So it turned him into a legitimate uh, villain.
1: That's, uh, that's when, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. And this is my research coming out again. That's when he agreed to be the death for apocalypse in order to keep an eye on apocalypse. That was after house of M. So right. in house of M apocalypse came back and was pretty much was saying to humanity, since we lost 98% of our numbers, you have to lose 98% of your numbers.
2: Uh, and or you know, <laughs> hell will ensue. <laughs> Can I? So I, just, I want to sidebar real quick. When Apocalypse made that demand, there were what happened to like the other like other heroes of Earth. Nobody decided to give him any any conflict for that. He just well, came X up, m- made a demand,
1: but that was the X Men being the X Men. Remember, X Men? They were always kind of their own thing. They always. They didn't cross over as much, and when they did, they were still like, we're going to be over here. Y'all could be over there.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. but still worldwide demand.
0: Yeah, and everybody kind of fears Apocalypse in the Marvel Universe.
2: They do. But they don't, like. He's literally the only villain that can come out and say, listen, I want this to happen right now, or I'm just going to end all of it. And the but only you- people that stand up to him are the
1: X-Men. But you you know that's gonna be the case. It's the same like how many Spider-Man books where you're like, why is Spider-Man doing this alone? (laughs) (laughs) You're in New York, man. Like Daredevil's a couple blocks away. Now the (laughs) cool thing is,
0: when he was death, he got new powers. Yes. And Mm. while he was death, he could transmute things into uh, toxic substances. Like air could become poisonous gases, and he potentially could ingest diseases and plagues and be immune to them. So but he... he
1: did that. Did he g- keep his control? Because like he did it, he let it happen on purpose because he wanted to keep an eye on apocalypse and potentially stop him if possible. Now I'm he glad got you mentioned it.
2: Um he actually <laughs> he actually once he once he let Apocalypse machines uh kind of twist him into the horseman of death, it did alter his mind to a point where if the X-Men showed up, he would fight them tooth and nail and damn near kill them until Rogue showed her face. She was the caveat of him being deaf. When she showed up, he would stop fighting, and he would say, well, I'm not going to kill you guys today. But really, it was, it was Gambit himself, like this internal thing he had with Rogue. The, you could almost uh, compare it to Cyclops and Jean's rapport that they had, their psychic rapport, but this is kind of more of an uh, emotional thing. He himself, like, he physically will not bring harm to Rogue.
0: So... After that, he, Mr. Sinister helped him retain, go back to his form again. So he went back to being the Gambit that we all love and know um, and continued being the hero, anti-hero that he falls into that weird class of, he's not really an anti-hero. He's just not always thinking the same way as the rest of the team. He doesn't really take orders well.
1: Can I tell you my favorite Gambit line? What's that? in uh in avx when he's fighting captain america because like okay gambit fighting captain america to me was a very funny fight because like cap was not paying attention to him the entire fight yeah right it did not like it wasn't until the very it wasn't until this exact moment that cap was like all right you've got my full attention when when he's he's like you, I, you can't charge organic material or something like that and he puts his hands right on his chest and he goes a fish didn't make those scales <laughs> And blew up Captain America. I was like, "That that is my favorite Gambit line." A fish didn't make those scales. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I feel
0: Gambit has a lot of the things that I like about Superman, where a lot of his power is, you know, kind of keeping everything together. Because if he wanted to, he could just be blowing all kinds of shit up and take out most people. But he doesn't want to kill. Ever since uh, the Mutant Massacre, kind of took that off the board for him.
1: Right, well, that's what I mean. So that's why I'm saying former Omega level. Because he doesn't have the same power set that he once did. Because honestly, if he did, then AVX shouldn't have been a thing. Because he would have been able to stop the Phoenix Five. He would have been able to stop the Avengers. There's no question there. I mean, if, if he had power to that control, Cap would have never won that fight.
2: Well, see, so that's, that's the other thing, too. I, th- I believe it was mentioned after he got the surgery redone by Mr. Sinister is that it's only temporary for a certain amount of time. Like, as of right now, yeah, he's not, he isn't capable of becoming a new son, but that procedure will eventually wear off. He would have to get it done again.
0: And he's also not written well when writers, you know, kind of put him in there. He will, he has power, and they'll be like, oh, I'd scambit, put him off in the corner, give him his bow staff. But then you'll see him a few comics later where he has the ability to do much more damage. Um, so in between different storylines, you've seen his power fluctuate just by the way he's written. And honestly, if they gave him the powers that he technically has in AVX, he could have stopped a whole bunch. But that wouldn't be a very good story unless they wanted to tell how they were going to nullify Gambit. But that's not a character that was popular enough for them to put in the foreground of that story. So he, he fought gets...
1: Captain America. What are you talking about? The foreground of that story, <laughs> but and he was that was in the... a small fight, in he, was in like, focus, he was like he was. He was right at the beginning. He was one of the first fights that happened.
0: But he wasn't a focus of the story. No, if
1: if he had the if they showed him with the power that he has, he but would then have to again be a focus. He hasn't been the focus of a story. When was the last time he was the focus of a story? I mean, other than the when he's married to Rogue recently. That's what i was trying to say. Before is that he is defined by that relationship with Rogue because I don't remember a time that he's been relevant to like be an important plot point or an important figure to a plot. He's just kind of always seems to be there.
0: And we have the X-Men movies to thank us for that. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, the overuse of that shitty character Wolverine.
1: Mm, mm. So you see, this is talk about a, it. Let's talk about a, it. This wasn't an attack. This wasn't an attack. I'm just saying, but that's like,
0: truly what happened. Wolverine became so popular again that those characters are so similar in the way they're portrayed is you can't have both of them be a spotlight.
2: Yeah. Because everybody knows that Gambit is much cooler than Wolverine.
0: (laughs) No, not everybody knows that. Um, but, but it really is like, you can't have two mysterious lone wolf type guys. Like you're going to pick one or the other to tell that story. And Wolverine was the hot ticket. Hugh Jackman made it where, okay, we're even going to have Wolverine in the X-Men cartoons. We're going to have Wolverine in this. Wolverine is going to be the focus of everything. Uh, to one point, uh, Gambit was a villain on uh, which cartoon? Mutation? I think that was Wolverine in X-Men. Evolution. X-Men Evolution. They yeah. put Gambit on the uh, bad guy side. I remember that. Just so he could have a story on that show because they didn't want to conflict with Wolverine. Uh, But if you're going to read Gambit stories, read Mutant Massacre so that you can then read The Trial of Gambit. Uh, The Wolverine and uh, Gambit story is great. The uh, Extreme X-Men run is one of my favorite X-Men runs of all time. They're going against Professor X and the Diaries of Destiny.
2: So it... I would also issue just uh, that. I think I think it's volume one of that first run of Gambit solo series. That's where we get introduced to the New Sun,
0: Yeah,
1: with the gold foil cover. Yeah, yeah. You would never when you see New Sun. By the way, if you're like if you're look if you look up New Sun, you'll skip by his picture thinking that he's like Doctor Manhattan before you assume that it's uh, Gambit because he's he's quite literally a big bald blue guy. You can get the trial of Gambit, which has. I believe the mutant
0: massacre or his first appearance tied with the actual trial for like $24 digitally. Mm. So it's
1: how much is it on Amazon with a special Amazon link that you can get in our show post? <laughs> <laughs> Probably that $24,
0: but we would get 0.001% of that.
1: Woo! Gotta love that 0.001.
0: <laughs> um, but he's a good character. We didn't even get into, you know, uh, gambit and the externals and the alternate futures and his involvement with Cable. Um, he has a lot of stories where he's a supporting character that kind of doesn't get the due that he's deserved, but when you think of him as an overall uh, just a well-developed character, he does have a great backstory. He's hmm. got a lot of character to himself. He has a great moral compass. He's got cool powers. He looks cool. He he's definitely
1: for me. He's. He's definitely top ten, probably top five, for X Men. That's probably I'd probably put him. Yeah, he's top five. I'll oh, he's give him top five.
2: five for me. Gambit has always been top five. Yeah, by far
0: my favorite X Men. Um, and you know, with that cartoon, it got a lot of people interested in you know those characters, Gambit being one of them. Uh, but unfortunately, the success of that cartoon also kind of said these are the kind of stories we're going to tell. And then once that kind of had its run, they didn't know what to do with a lot of those characters, and they kind of fell off the wayside, and that's when X-Men books started sucking again.
1: <laughs> no, I think X-Men lost me when it, you had to buy 95 books to have an idea what was going on. That's Oh, it was so bad. I couldn't do it back then. And then, the, and then remember, the cartoon started getting the same way. It's like, okay, all right, cartoon, you got way too much going on. I have <laughs> this is way too much happening.
2: Previously on X-Men.
1: And then that whole previously is 20 minutes to explain and there's only 10 minutes of cartoon. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs>
2: um, but yeah,
1: read
0: read Gambit. Um, if you have a favorite Gambi, Gambi,
1: Gambies, Gambi oh, with Gambies. the kinetic phalanges. Hey, Gamb- okay, you know what I'm going to put in the show post just because it's amazing it's probably the best of all of them. Uh, X-Men. The EX-Men, when Charles Xavier is firing all the X-Men, the <laughs> one where he fires Gambit is by far the best one. I don't What's think with I've your, seen that one. What does he say? What's with your gloves, this fingerless and fingered? He gets, he, pick one. It's not, don't do this whole cats is coming back to Broadway bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have a favorite
0: line like Menti's, put it in the comments. Let us know what your favorite Gambit storyline is. Um, we could go on if we wanted to for an hour and a half talking about the different gambit things, but we won't because it's that time for Menti to do that thing.
1: You can find the show at Welcome to Fireside everywhere online. That's at Welcome to Fireside, your social media choice, unless it's Twitter where it is Fireside Crew. If you like the show, the support goes a long way. We appreciate all the likes, the comments, sharing, rating, all of that stuff. Actually, if you could throw us a a rate on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. But once again, I'm Menti.
2: And I'm Features.
0: And I'm Mr. Mauer. Don't forget to check out WelcomeToFireside.com, TwingAroundLive.com. DeepUMenti.com and all of our other (laughs) websites that we have. (laughs) Click on our Amazon link. Send us some cash. Point zero zero one, baby. (laughs) Um shout out to Moshko Collectibles. Anybody else? Frankspods.com. Other 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 people.
1: Corpse crew guys. You know, we got some stuff in the works. Yo, my mom's pretty happy. You know, shout out to my mom. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still living with Huey. Or
0: he's living
2: with me. Shout out to Baby Huey. I,
1: my favorite my favorite is I went my mom's pretty happy, so shout out to my mom and, and Maurer immediately goes, Yeah, I'm still living with baby Huey. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I like how Maurer and Baby Huey is the equivalent. <laughs> he's my teenage son. Wow. Maurer, m- mommy Maurer.
0: <laughs> On that note, Deuces. Excelsior.
1: <laughs> mommy Mauer.
0: You gotta say, Jesus, man.
1: Hey, Jesus, mommy, man.